0: This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement.
1: Hey everyone, it's Adam and Matt. And uh, before we get started here today, we just wanted to jump on and say that we're posting one of our favorite episodes of the year, How to Crush Your Real Estate and Life Goals in 2023 with Clint Murphy. And really, this is to kind of get people fired up for the fall market, because I know myself included, uh, there's some cobwebs from summer. Uh, it's time to get focused back on the market, back on the
2: last two quarters of the year. Well, if you think about it, Adam, there's two times in the year that you need to kind of recalibrate and and, and reset. It's January, and it's the end of August, September. So. We're heading into a long weekend. Everybody's leaving Vancouver. It's a it, this is kind of a doldrum week for sure, but uh, but it's a good time to start thinking about what you want to accomplish in these last couple months. And this episode really stuck with me. Really helped kind of shape what I was doing this year. And I think it's uh, it's a great one to revisit.
1: Yeah. And, and a lot, you know, it's always great, especially when you're thinking about your real estate goals. Part of it is mindset, right? It's all mindset, really. It is. It's all mindset. It's a lot of mindset. And and so this is a great episode for that. Matt, the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, we're thinking about everybody in Kelowna right now, lots of friends and families and colleagues in Kelowna and uh,
2: the fires specifically in West Kelowna, but kind of throughout the Okanagan. And we should say uh, last week when it was, they were really raging. We had Hamia Lamam on uh, yeah. from Cressy. Great episode. We did speak about Kelowna, but uh, we recorded that three weeks ago or a month ago. So a few people reached out, and it was like kind of felt out of context a little bit. So we just wanted to acknowledge that and hope everybody's safe. And uh, there's a yeah terrible situation. So
1: yeah. So uh, without further ado, this is a great episode to uh, complete the summer last last couple weeks of uh, summer here, moving into the fall market. We've got Clint Murphy. How to crush your real estate and life goals in 2023 enjoy
0: hello 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 this is the Vancouver weather estate podcast <laughs>
1: And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm
2: your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Sklina. And Matt, today, well, happy new year, everybody. Happy new year. We're back in the studio. This feels like old times. Like old times.
1: This is kind of like riding a bike. I'm back in Vancouver. Got to say, it's pretty great being back in this city. You could go anywhere in the world, but when you get off that flight and you feel the air, even it was like crisp, but still like the rainforest kind of feeling. Get out of the airport. I'm like, man, it's good to be back. Driving
2: along Main Street on my way home. Awesome. Just super excited to be back. That was one thing when I went down and met you in Colombia. One of the things you said was, you know, you were in Mexico, you're in Colombia. And it was a realization or a re-realization of how great Vancouver is. You know what? I, I travel often
1: just to appreciate what we have here in this city.
2: Well, welcome home.
1: Yeah. Well, Happy New Year. And if you're a Larry David fan, we're a little late saying Happy <laughs> New Year. So that's, uh, it's probably, we're probably past the point of saying uh, Happy New Year. And that would be very frustrating <laughs> for him. Uh, but what, what I will say is uh, right now we are sitting here, it's uh, January 10th that we're recording this interview. You know, not much to talk about by way of the market. Inventory incredibly low still. But right now, what I feel like is if you are a real estate investor or if you're in the industry or if you're someone that listens to the show that wants to get into the market or if you're just somebody that wants to set goals, Today is that episode with Clint Murphy.
2: Yeah, let's not bury the lead. Clint Murphy, he has his own podcast, The Pursuit of Learning Podcast. It's being rebranded currently as The Growth Guide. He's been on the show before. I would say one of the best episodes of 2022. Yeah. It was uh, definitely a memorable one for me. And I know we had tons of positive feedback back in March. Clint is back on the show to talk goals, habits, and just all around making yourself a better person in 2023. I can't think of a better person than Clint to be on as
1: episode number one this year. Yeah. And specifically about goal planning, because this is a guy who has achieved so much in a short period of time. And he's so disciplined.
2: And basically what he does is he's he's giving you the blueprint. He's giving the blueprint. I left thinking a few things about Clint. One is he's able to take tons of information And he's citing authors the whole time. Like he's compiled a ton of information and he's able to boil it down to its essence and really, he's a good teacher. Yes. It's it's very concise and clear and like nuggets to take away. That's what made this conversation so great. It's inspiring. It is super inspiring. Speaking of inspiring, Matt, uh, we have so many...
1: Awesome episodes lined up for 2023. We've already put, got a couple in the can. Uh, this is going to be a huge year for the podcast and for the VRep community. I can't wait for the episodes coming up, including this one today. Do we have anything else to talk to, or should we just jump
2: into this? Because this is a long episode. It's a long episode, but it's a good one. This is Clint Murphy. Let's call him. He's he's many things, including a the chief financial officer of a local development company. But let's say he's the host of the Pursuit of Learning podcast. Yep. For all intents and purposes today, this is a good one to enjoy.
1: Yeah, for sure. And get your pen and notepad. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Markon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making
2: a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible mark-on projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Berquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out marcon.ca Elmwood for more.
1: And Matt, we are also excited about Sonehouse, House, Marcon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one-beds to three-beds, Sonehouse House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at marcon.ca slash sownhouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at marcon.ca or follow them at Instagram at marconhomes.
2: Marcon, building for life.
1: Okay, so we're here with Clint Murphy, founder of Growth Guide and the Pursuit of Learning podcast. And of course, well, I'll let you say it, Matt. Past guest fan favorite? Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
2: And 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 welcome back. Genuinely, though, we should say past guest fan favorite. That was one of our our most celebrated episodes last year when you were on, I think it was in March. Are you suggesting we're not being genuine? <laughs> no, no, no. no but Clint gave me a look like as if he thought I was putting him on, which no. is not the case. Yeah. Well, welcome back.
3: Yeah, I'm glad to be here. And last time we touched financial independence, early retirement, one of my favorite topics. And now we're talking about goal setting and getting, am I allowed to say the S word on the show? Yeah. Getting shit done, which is my other favorite topic of many favorite topics.
1: Right. And we should say you were my intro to Fat Fire. Because one of the things I always kind of associated it with, with more of like living lean and I, I like your version a lot better
3: yeah it's the i heard one after your show which was hellfire and that's you get to such a good number that you live whatever life you want on your terms mm. and you don't have to work i thought that was pretty spectacular hellfire hellfire
2: hellfire i like it and if we're talking about things we've taken away from that conversation in march so the fat fire thing I've been thinking, and I think this spurred on conversations with Adam and and me a lot, but re- kind of revamping, because even in, when I think back to our conversation, I was like, are you scared to retire? Because even then, like my idea of Kokomo was very much like pull the plug, literally pull the plug, kind of boomer style and sail off into the sunset. And now in an old things, fishing boat. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: But now yeah. now that I've been watching kind of your presumably your transition with the growth yeah. guide and things and, you know, basically going from you're adding what, a couple thousand people on Twitter every day, uh, to to a new venture in life, this freedom, the financial freedom in retirement can be anything you want it to be, which is which is kind of a, a reconfiguration in the way I've been thinking about the next Well, for me, next 20 years.
3: What you said there nails it because if you look at what you've been doing for the past 10 plus 20 years is building a set of skills and abilities in a specific area. And when you stop doing your day-to-day job, that doesn't mean you can't take those skills and transfer them to other people. In a way that you're still making money and enjoying yourself. So how do you shift your goal from I'm pursuing this for work to I'm pursuing this as a passion in a way that I can monetize it? Right. That's where the fun starts. Right. Yeah. I feel like
2: I've truly thought a lot about and listened to it more than once. Our conversation in March, so I'm excited for today,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. and I, I think that's the big it's it, you're you're more of an active retirement is is generally if I remember correctly our conversation because I think it was if I'm thinking of travel specifically, you would like to go away, work somewhere for like six months of the year, kind of remotely, and then be back in Vancouver for the other six months. But you're always doing stuff,
3: yeah. the way I look at it is when I pulled the trigger, one of my friends said it's a bit more of a pivot, if you will. And that will be right, podcast, public speaking, coaching and consulting, courses, whether that's digital or live, and then private equity, real estate investing. So when I... When I list those six or seven or eight things... You're actually (laughs) ramping up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it will be a family business. My wife's already involved. She's retired. She started taking on some of those aspects already. It will be as busy or busier than I've ever been in my life. And it will move from working for someone at something I totally love and appreciate doing to pursuing my life passion. And we're going to talk when we talk about setting goals about pursuing your purpose or your why. And so what I'll be doing is much more in line with my purpose in life.
1: Right. Well, Clint, last time we talked to you, it was it was last year. Yep. And now it's 2023. New year, new Clint?
3: New year, new me. Every year. I would say, and I think you guys both live this too, is every day better. And so... When you do every day better, if you do the 1% rule every 72 days, you double. So that's why I don't think it's actually possible to get 1% better every day. Maybe you could get 1% better at certain skills. But the number one rule I've always had in life is make sure you go to bed better than you were when you woke up. And so it's always, you're always a new person. You're always new. Today, if I think about what I've learned in the six, seven months since I talked to you last... It's insane how much I've grown personally. And it's hard when you're in the moment, but when you look back and say, well, where was I at that point in time and where am I now? We tend as people to think incrementally and linearly. In reality, it's exponential. And so if you're growing every day, the growth that you have over six, seven, one month, two years, three years, it's exponential and it's pretty fun. When you start thinking exponentially versus incrementally.
2: Hmm. Man, what a mindset. I was just thinking when you said that, that I should say that to my daughter, you should try and go to bed better than you woke up. Do you, I'm just curious, do your kids like actually like listen to that and go like, yeah, right on dad. Or are they like, get lost? It's the the second one.
3: (laughs) Your kids never listen to anything. Well, I shouldn't say anything like they, they subconsciously file it away. Yeah, And you hear it at pretty cool times. Like I heard my son when he did his interview to get into the high school, he's in giving back answers that I'd been telling him for years, but it's that constant reinforcement in his basketball academy they brought in a trainer who trains NBA level talent. And he was talking to the kids and he was laying out all the things they should do. This is how you should journal. This is how you should set goals. Just going down the list. And my son was explaining them all to me. And every time he said one, he would look at me sheepishly because it's everything that we as parents would say to him. But it took this guy who teaches NBA players for it to be real, for him to be like, oh, I should set goals, and I should practice (laughs) deliberately, not just go outside and throw the ball around. I realized that the more you can bring in outside influence to have those conversations with your kids, and I've talked with some of my close friends to say I think as our as our children are getting older, we should get together for lunches or dinners and bring the kids to the table and have the type of conversations about growth and learning and development that we would have together but with them as part of the conversation. So now they're not just hearing it from dad, they're hearing it from uncle who they admire or auntie who they think, "Oh, she's great." They're hearing it from more people than just you. And the more we can expose them to those mindsets, because I don't know about you guys, but I didn't have that around the uh, kitchen table growing up in Mission. <laughs> 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 Sorry, mom and dad, I love you, but but I didn't. <laughs> and,
2: and no offense to Mission. Either. No offense to Mission. It's
3: grown a lot since yeah. I left, yeah. <laughs> it's
2: a great place, love it. So Clint, I maybe as an opening question here, the question I was formulating was how important in your mind is having goals, which I think you can speak to it, but I think that's uh it's obviously important. But I'm I'm more curious to hear your process to sort through the clutter, the the noise uh, and find those really meaningful goals and and then I guess most importantly how you follow through on those goals over
3: a prolonged period of time. Oh, I love it. So this is I may have mentioned in our last conversation, I'm not sure if I can recall, that for a couple of years, I was a member of a group, the ARCA Brotherhood men's group. You meet on a weekly basis. You talk about what's happening in your life, support each other, help each other grow so that you can go back and be a better man, be a better member of your family, etc. And one of the common things that I would see with a lot of young men is one, a lack of Purpose or direction, and two, an inability to go from A to Z. And so even if there was that goal, not getting there. And so I think those are the two things that uh that I would love to zone in on in that. And the first one is without a purpose, there's a quote that says man without purpose is like a ship rudderless at sea. A person without purpose is like a ship, rudderless at sea. We can, we can use that. And so then the question is, how do you find your purpose? And are you, have you guys talked with anyone about the concept of ikigai on the show, the Japanese concept? A
1: little bit familiar with it, but we haven't. I think this will be a first. Yeah.
3: Okay. So what we're looking at is one of those fun Venn diagrams. And we're looking at the intersection of what am I good at? what do i love what does the world need and what would people pay me for and when you find that intersection that's your purpose or your meaning another way to do it is you talk to your you talk to your brother you say hey when we were young what did what was i always absorbed in where did you always see me having fun Ta- you know. <laughs> save this for later
1: smashing cakes into your face in private uh,
3: there's a
1: good that's
2: that, that hits your venn diagram my why yeah <laughs> that
3: won't be fun for you <laughs> and and what did you get what do you even now as an adult what do you get lost in what are those things that when you're doing them you miss meals, you don't go to the washroom. You can go for hours and hours. And so when the more you dig into that, another one I heard is like a dog with a tennis ball. What's your tennis ball? What's that thing that when you put it down, you somehow always come back to it? And so when you find that, that starts to tell you, this gives me meaning, this is what I want to pursue. I now have a purpose. And then the question is, okay, well now that you have that, How do you pursue that while still doing your job? Because sometimes you can't just drop everything and pursue it. But how do you tie that in on the outside? That's one thing. So the other thing we want to do is we want to look at the major buckets in our lives. Usually some people look at that and say mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and financial. And for each of those, say, what do I want to achieve this year? And set some SMART goals smart being specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time-bound. So the the smarter it is, the more we can actually have a definition of did I achieve it or not. Right. And and what's the timeline? Then we start to say how do I get from 0 to 100? I personally like to set very long-term goals that are a bit more of like a north star. This is where I want to be in 2025. This is where I want to be in and the 2025 would have been in 2020. Usually about five years out for me. Is that the furthest you're going? I usually go about five years. Yeah. Okay. And 10 is getting a little too far. Like I I don't feel that I can influence that as much as I can five years from now. And because it's more of a North Star, when you're a year into it, you just change the end. Right. right. So now 20, 20, eight. Is where we're looking at. And so because I'm not all all the way to that 2025 goal, I can shift the end goal. For example, I didn't expect to be where I am on social media today when I set my goals last year. Yeah. As a family, I remember on New Year's, we talked about where we were going to be. And everyone in the family but me went incremental with, oh, well, you grew to this number this year. So next year, you'll be this number. And they just added... The same number onto that one and said, it'll double. And I was thinking, I thought exponentially and said, well, we'll go from 10,000 to 50,000 and 75 will be the stretch goal. And then we hit 200 on Christmas day. And I think we were 206 and a half by the end of the year. So we, we grew 196. So I didn't expect that. And
2: I was going to say, even, I feel like you're even like if I was guessing right now, because I looked at it your Twitter today, like you have like close to
3: 220 now, don't you? Or something like that? 213. And so it's but it's but it's moving at about a thousand a day. And it won't do that, it won't do that every day. But it's moving at about a thousand a day right now so far this month. So it's going quicker than I expected. And then it's similar. And I'll bring it back to where I was going. But if you step back and look at your podcast, you look at my podcast, I track the analytics pretty religiously. And the growth is about 20% a month. And so looking at that, based on where we were last month, I have an estimate of where I thought January would be. Based on what we've done in the first six days, if I extrapolate that for the month, we'll have an 80% increase over last month. So you, even though you think you're thinking exponentially with the twenty percent a month, every once in a while you have that month that just doubles. Sure. And and you you don't actually account for that a lot of times when you're planning the goals. And so, and I don't want to lose the thread
2: here, but just thinking about how you plan goals, it sounds like achievable is one of them. But do you find because we've had you know over the years talking about oh I want to lose 10 pounds. Let's just use an example. And somebody says, well, you should shoot for the stars. You should lose 30 pounds. Why, why set your goal so low is achievable actually. And it sounds like you're kind of setting achievable goals, but going way far and beyond
1: like the stretch,
2: the stretch stretch goal. I'm just wondering in terms of actually setting goals in a, in an effective way, it's achievable is still, is still crucial.
3: Yes, and and we we'll come back to that. We'll rewind to it because there's two key pieces. One is what you're setting and how we're going to get there. Two is where you should start. And so what I call it is building your get shit done muscle. And if you don't have experience and you haven't built that muscle, you shouldn't set the same goals right. with the same trajectory that I do. Yeah, because you haven't yet achieved. I brush my teeth every day. Well, if you're not there, don't set, I'm going to run an ultra marathon, yeah, right. set, I'm going to walk around the block. That is definitely worth something we're going to tackle because when you want to, when you're starting out, it needs to be as simple as possible. For me, I look out five years and then I pull the Stephen Covey beginning with the end in mind. I bring it back to, if I want to achieve that five years from now, what do I need to do every year to get there? Then we know what we need to do this year. That drives the current year. Break that down. What do I need to do by quarter? What do I need to do by month to hit my quarterly goals? What do I need to do weekly to hit those monthly goals? What do I need to do daily to hit those weekly goals? And then when you get to daily, take it a step further. What habits do I need to have that will result in losing 10 pounds? Right. Because the 10 pounds is the goal. But what we need is what behaviors do I need to adopt and live to get there? Not the, like losing weight. That's, that's okay. But what are you going to do? And so we were talking downstairs about steps. That's one thing. What's your food consumption going to be? What's your weightlifting going to be? What's your fasting going to be? How much water are you drinking? Because then you start to break it down into behaviors because the three of us can modify our behaviors much more than we can have some airy, well, I want to lose 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about the behaviors you're going to adopt to get that goal and try to take everything and pull it all the way back to habits. You want to read more books? Read 20 pages a day. Right. And so that's how I've learned to get super complicated things done is simply by breaking it back to what do I need to do every day?
1: Yeah, I love that. You're going in the future, you're working your way back incrementally till you get to the habit. You know, we've talked about atomic habits on the show a lot. And I I also love this component of identity. And then taking those habits and saying, I'm a guy who walks 10,000 steps a day. That's who I am. Yes. And, and I'm a fit person. Yes. I'm, I'm the person that doesn't really eat dessert. Yes.
0: Whatever it is,
1: right? And, and then you embrace it in a way that it, it just becomes part of your own identity, these, these habits, right? And it's, it's self-fulfilling, self-perpetuating.
3: That's absolutely the right way to do it. And when you look at it, a lot of people say, well, I'm not a runner. I'm not a writer. I'm not this. Well, no, you are. You just have to do it. Right. Like when I was (laughs) the habit makes, yeah, the habit makes you it. When I was a chunky out of weight couch potato, someone told me, kind of pointed at the belly and said, Well, you're not a runner. And so I ran every day for the next 500 days and it finished with an ultra marathon at 50 miles, 80K. And that was from someone saying, You're not a runner. Well, yes, I am. And I'm going to start tomorrow. But when I started, it was two kilometers. And I said, every day, I'm going to run a minimum of two kilometers. Over that 500 days, it averaged to seven kilometers a day. But the minimum was two. And back then, I still drank. So you guys would appreciate my wife's idea. One night was, hey, sometimes we go out and you're up late. What if you leave the house at 1140 and you get your 2K in, then you just do some stretching. It's already past midnight. You do your 2K back. And then you can take a day off. You get an actual almost two <laughs> yeah. two day break. So there was a lot of there was a lot strategic of thinking. there was a lot like of strategic it. midnight runs as part of that streak. <laughs> you go back, and, like, why is this guy doing a two k out and back at eleven fifty at night on Strava down to the seawall and back to the apartment? <laughs> that was the way to keep the streak alive and kind of get two day rest periods. So, so this and again, don't want to
2: jump ahead, but so we're talking about, you know, finding meaningful goals and then follow through. I think somebody out there listening and, and myself included, Clint would say, okay, how do you follow through? And that story about basically running an ultra marathon, I think speaks to your personality, right? Somebody said, you're not a runner. And you're like, well, now I am. And I'm going (laughs) to run 500 days in a row, come hell or high water to Prove them wrong, essentially, right? Like that's a pretty. Not everybody has that will or the willpower or whatever that is being fueled by your haters, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> or, or not. But but actually, or, literally, yeah. and and this reminds me of Jordan McDonald, who has never been on the show actually, but he uh, does. I think a hundred pushups a day or something like that where, works out every day. Where he, yeah, he'll be you know, come hell or high water, no matter the conditions. He's gonna do a hundred push-ups, whether he has to leave a, a dinner party or or what? And I think it charts like y- what what you have and what Jordan has charts the very successful people, which you both are. But for everyone else listening, do you have is there it, that don't necessarily have that ability to run an ultra marathon because somebody told them they're not a runner? Like how how do you think about follow through
3: in a more generalized kind of way? And that's where we come back to When, when you're not there yet, you need to build that get shit done muscle. Right. So the exercise that I recommend for everyone that I, that I learned in one of the books I read was you set the simple, you start with the simplest goal. Like let's say, but it has to be at the same, the same thing at the same time every day. So you just say every morning at 730, I'm going to stare at that photo on the wall for 30 days. At the end of 30 days, you've now achieved that small goal. So you make the next one a little bit harder. You make the next one a little bit bigger. And you just keep incrementally doing that until you set a goal of, I'm going to read 20 pages of a book every day. And you do it for 30 consecutive days. When you've done that regularly, you start to develop the mindset that you are someone who achieves goals. And you start to develop an appreciation. This is why I love streaks. You start to develop an appreciation of streaks and you don't want to give them up. And now you've done a small one of just staring at the wall, you've done one of reading 20 pages. And this is why. I don't know if you guys have heard of 75 Hard. Yeah. Right? It's the program you drink four gallons of water, you maintain a diet, you work out twice a day, one time outside, you read 20 pages, no alcohol. 75 Hard. At the end of it, you are fit. And that's not what the program's about. The program is entirely about building a mindset of someone who does. Get things done because when you develop that mindset, you know, like now I personally know through this all started when I was 32. So 12 years ago, up until then I achieved my goals in my head, daydreaming. And there's, well, there's research, (laughs) there's research that shows you get the same dopamine release from daydreaming and telling people about what you're going to do than you do from doing it. So just say, well, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to yeah. do an Ironman or or picturing yourself doing it. You're like, oh, that was that was good. I'm great. Yeah. But it wasn't until I was 32 and had a, a friend picking on me again. I usually use that as fuel for being out of shape that I was like, I'm going to do an Ironman. And I used the process that I talked about earlier, Stephen Covey, begin with the end in mind, breaking it all the way down to, I was like, okay, I'm afraid of the water. If I'm going to do an Ironman, I need to learn how to swim in open water and going and signing up for a course to get over my fear of the water. So you take the smallest baby step and you work your way up. And then once you teach yourself that you can do something hard, you realize you can do anything. And here's the key anything you want. A lot of people will tell you what they want. You guys may say, I want to lose 10 pounds. I've heard someone say that for you to actually pull the trigger on something, the pain of not doing it has to be so uncomfortable that you'll do it. Or the reward of doing it has to be so good that you'll do it. And so if you're comfortable with the weight you're at, even though you want to lose 10 pounds, you don't really want it. So it was twice someone kind of doing the poke in the belly, hey, Chunky, that made me say, whoa, like, where am I? Right. And I got to fix this. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, no one was giving me the belly poke. The pain of being at a shape wasn't big enough to make me say, I'm actually going to do what I need to lose the weight.
1: That's perfectly put I think let's just for someone who's listening and they they want to start jotting down like a general outline Okay. So I, I love the I love the the working your way backwards okay. almost backcasting, right? It's kind of like that yeah. concept. But in thinking about the categories that you had talked about and I'm just kind of paraphrasing but mental, emotional, spiritual, there was a few other ones that you had in there. and then also making them smart goals, right? SMART being the acronym SMART. So, can we talk about maybe just generally, like it, it, when you think of that document, it's a, it's a paper, it, it has categories of where you want to set your goals. And then it has a strategy for how to achieve your goals, basically.
3: Yes. And then what you want to do. So, it has a strategy for where you want to get longer term. And then you say, well, what do I want to do? breaking it all the way down to daily habits. And then once we get to habits, I, I pulled up some notes from Charles Duhigg and James Covey because James Covey, the four things he talks about, he calls it the four laws of behavior change. Once you know what habits you want to adopt, then it comes down for the listener. You want to make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy to do, and make it satisfying to do. So we can go into those four yeah, if you guys want, let's let's do that. And and this is
1: a one pager basically that yeah, you're left to, one with, right?
3: That someone can say, okay, the, if I want a habit to stick, these are the four things I need to do. Yeah, and then conversely, if there's something I want to stop doing, the make those four the opposite. Sure. Okay. Sure. So the first one, make it make it obvious. So for example, priming your environment. So you wake up. You've already got your running shoes at the end of the bed. You've already got your running gear. Oh, it's obvious. I want to run. Or you want to eat healthy. So downstairs, in the fridge, you open the door. How have you set up the fridge to make the obvious choices the right choices? So creating your cues, priming your environment, and the key thing being it's easier to avoid a temptation than use willpower. Right. So the more we can eliminate willpower from the equation, the better. So don't have be- like Tim Ferriss just had James Covey on the other day. And it was like, if you don't want to eat chips, don't have chips in the house. Right. Right. If you don't want to drink beer, don't put beer in the fridge. So the more they can set it up. So it's always obvious what that behavior should be. Put your dental floss right beside your toothbrush. As an example. For making it attractive, what we want to do is we want to adopt behaviors that are rewarded in society. So go to the gym, drink water, things that people will be like, oh, yeah, that's a good behavior for you to pick up. And here's the key thing. We want to surround ourselves with people who are already living the behavior that we want to adopt. So you always hear your network is your net worth. It's the same with fitness. It's the same with intelligence. When you want to be better physically, surround yourself with people that are physically fit. When you want to have more money, surround yourself with people that have more money because the behaviors you want to adopt as habits, they're already doing. So it will be rewarded. It will be attractive. You won't be the lonely person who's like, hey, we should go for a jog. All your friends will be like, hey, All five of us should go for a jog together. That's what we should do for fun. So set up your circle the right way. Make it easy to do. So this is what you were talking about, Matt, with start small. The first step of any habit should be the easiest, smallest step it can possibly be. Then you just increase it incrementally. And the benefit, that's where we get to the exponential. It's incremental increases every day. So if you imagine you start off with one kilometer and you only grow 10% a week, seven weeks later, you're doing two kilometers. Seven weeks later, you're doing four. Seven weeks later, you're doing eight. Using the rule of 72, we double every time we hit 72%. So you're doubling every seven weeks. So it's not long before you're doing 10K. Right. And you're only moving in small increments. And then one of the keys on that one, don't focus on the results. Don't worry about the 10 pounds. Worry about the process. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is become a process-oriented person who always focuses on the process. If I eat the right foods, if I drink the right liquids, if I don't drink calories, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. And so focus on on the process, and let the results take care of themselves. Be relentless, though. So I always, the way I write it, be super relentless on the process and just be patient on the results.
1: And if you screw up on the process, you just get back on the horse the next day, right? You just get, like, you have a bad eating day, next
3: day, start over. Yeah, call it the two-day rule. So it's okay to miss occasionally. Don't miss two in a row. Right. And that keeps it a habit. When you miss those two days in a row, you're almost giving yourself permission to just stop doing it. So if you miss on a Monday and the goal is like, I'm going to work out every day. If you miss on Monday, get back in there on Tuesday.
1: You know, and, and it's funny because I just heard Peter Atias say this, but if you have a bad meal, your next meal should be a good meal.
3: Yes, because then you're reframing immediately well, I'm you a guy who, I'm a person who eats healthy. Yeah. To your point earlier being it's part of your identity. Yeah, and, and you mention Atomic Habits all the time that every action I take is a vote for the person I want to be. Sure. Like he he took a he did such a good job of taking things that were out there with all these other authors. But just framing the language in a way where it really makes it beautiful. So, vote every day for who you want to be. In in thinking about what
1: you're laying out here, which is perfect, I think, but it, it is that idea of getting it down to the easiest thing in front of you, right? And I think that's, again, what I, a big takeaway from Atomic Habits is like part of the process is just hailing the cab to get to the gym. Like that's what the habit is, right? The habit is every day I go downstairs and I get an Uber to this location. And once I'm there, I know I'll work out. You know what I mean? But it's it's that, it's that getting it right down to that initial step. And if you guys, has anyone talked about the
3: two-minute rule? <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, I, no. <laughs> I'm not I'm going to go, I'm not gonna I'm go
2: mixed, there. I'm getting mixed <laughs> up <laughs>
3: just uh,
1: i've been throwing mad around uh anyways yeah what's the uh, two
3: months off you're like you are ready to go so so the two minute rule is whatever you want to whatever it is that you want to do even when you don't feel like doing it do it for two minutes because once you get started you'll get it done like reading read for two minutes you'll probably read for 30 Mm -hmm. Go for a two minute walk. Go for a two minute gym session. Totally. Basically, it's just get started. Because as soon as you start, you're not gonna. You're not. It's very rare that you get two minutes in and you're like, No, I was right. I totally didn't feel like. I didn't feel like working out. I'm gonna go home. So you'll finish. You'll finish that workout. Right. And, and so just just get started. And you will finish the workout. You will finish the reading session, the writing session. It's also almost always your
1: best workout, the workout you really don't want to do. For sure. Is that the weirdest thing? I, I feel like so many people feel that way. But you, when you, you know, often you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. And then you
3: actually go and it's like an incredible workout. And even if it's not like the best workout, the feeling that you have is that it's the best because on, on, on any other day, you felt like working out. But on this day, you didn't feel like going and you did it. So mentally, you're like, not only did I work out, but like I overcame my own mind and did what I didn't want. And that's next level. That is super rewarding. And that's the last thing is just reward yourself. So what when you do these behaviors, how are you rewarding the fact that you're sticking to your goals? You're being consistent. What we reward, we continuously do. What we punish, we stop doing. So, how are you rewarding yourself if you're sticking to your goals? And it can't be like uh, eating a, a bunch of chocolate <laughs> and chips if the goal is you, losing weight.
1: <laughs> do you have any examples of like something you would do that you would like celebrate a, a a win, a small win, if you're if you're having a good week with running or whatever you're doing?
3: For me, sometimes it can be as simple as I'm going to take a day off or like I've done enough in the last week or two that I'm going to binge Netflix for the next 4 hours and just chill with my boys and not worry about it. Like hey right. guys, let's just watch 4 hours of a movie or something. And it's it's very infrequent that I'll do that, but it's and it might be like okay, I walked for that 2 hours with the weighted vest. I'll have a I'll have a a piece of chocolate after the meal. And like, so I'm not undoing what I did and I'm still getting that little bonus of, oh, Hey, that's a nice little treat. So something that doesn't get in the way of the goal, but it just feels like something a little special. Yeah.
1: Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible.
2: We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience?
0: Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out. Starting with just small things, right? playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you have really made an impact and connected with the community.
2: And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee.
0: Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right?
2: Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Konkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers.
0: That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution.
2: We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to com slash join, type in VRP2020. That's com slash join type in vrp2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in vrp2020. So Clint, yesterday you put out a blueprint for 2023 and it was, it was 11 habits that will make you unrecognizable by June. I read these along with last time I checked 2.3 million other people. And, and there's a, tons of interesting ideas there. But instead of running through, you know, people can go follow you on Twitter, of course, or instagram or or anywhere else. But can we just talk at a general level, like what in your mind are the most important habits or changes everyone
3: should be aspiring to at the start of the new year? I'll focus on three, so the first one ties to the second two, and that's simply wake up earlier, and the reason I say that is. When you wake up early, you're waking up for a specific intention. If you both think, and I'm the same way, what do you usually do after eight o'clock at night? That's when the Netflix comes on, the bag of chips comes out, the, the ice cream comes out of the freezer. So A, we make poor food decisions. B, we're tired from a day. And so we're less productive. So more of our bad habits happen at night than they do if we purposely wake up with a stated goal in the morning. So if you say, I'm going to wake up at 5.30 and I'm going to walk the dog, I'm going to journal, I'm going to meditate and maybe throw around some weights. And then I'm going to do a little work on my side hustle before I go into the office. Even if it's 20 minutes of each of those things, you've now done five things that if you wake up at eight You go to work, you come home, finish dinner, have a beer with dinner, you're likely not going to do any of those five. So that is such a benefit to waking up with an intentional purpose early in the morning. So I think when people start to do that, and realistically, that started for me in the last year and a half. I've been waking up earlier than I ever have in my life. I'm 44. In the last year and a half has been the most productive year and a half of my life.
2: You know what? And not just thinking about a lot of the things we've talked about, but a lot of it in my mind is structural, right? Like as in don't keep beer in your fridge if you don't want to drink beer, like set up your routines, put the shoes at the bedside or whatever, whatever the examples are. But it's like big picture setting up your life for those habits or routines to become easier and That This is, again, like a structural change where you're like, and I've never thought of this, but, oh, I've thought of this, but usually it's like, what good happens after like 11 or midnight or something? Like nothing ever, right? (laughs) So like if you're not there, it doesn't, the bad things don't happen. But it's true. Like after eight, you're zoning out, you're wasting time, you're eating poorly. And if you just restructure your day. You can avoid all the, the negatives, but, it, but it's like reframing your world in a lot of ways, right? Like that's, that's the uh, part that
3: at least until recently, I've never really thought of. Like the only good thing that happens after midnight is probably my Ronco food dehydrator and my, <laughs> and my George Foreman grill. That I, that I, but, but we don't even have- we Hopefully don't you even, turn off before you fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have infomercials anymore. Right. So, so the younger generation doesn't have to deal with that. Yeah, ex- exactly right. So you're setting up the structure by simply waking up. And then what you're adding to that is that level of intentionality. So so that would be the first one that sets up the next few In the the next few are, everyone always says, hey, what should I invest in? I've always looked at it. I didn't start investing seriously until I was in my mid-30s. Up until then, all my investing was in myself. Books, courses, learning. You guys were asking me whether I had taken any courses on social media. I think I've taken four or five on Twitter alone now. And so now my wife has started to do that for Instagram and for LinkedIn. Because if you want to succeed on a platform, learn how that platform works. Learn from people who've already done it and succeeded. Yeah, they usually cost anywhere from 150 to 500 bucks. But don't look... Here's a mindset shift. Don't look at what it costs. Look at the value that you're going to get out of it. And I would argue that if I've spent a few thousand dollars learning... Twitter, the value that I've received back is way higher than what, oh, what, I, yeah. what I put into it. And, and so the more you can reframe your mindset to what value will I receive versus what am I, what am I paying, the better. And that brings us to the third one. The third one is investing in your side hustle or hobby. I think almost everyone should have a hobby or a side hustle That doesn't have to be monetized. It could be a passion project like mine is, and it should have potentially the ability to be able to be monetized. The reason I say that is because it brings up the concept of optionality. And the more time you spend with people who have wealth, one of the number one things they're always looking for is optionality. And if you're employed... And we have a recession, or we have this chat GPT that wipes out some jobs. What's your option? What's your fallback? And if you've built a social media following, or you've developed a skill set or a hobby that could generate you an income, you're protecting yourself. You're recession proofing yourself. And the more we can do that, the better which ties into the last one, is rare skills. And so when you look at what you guys are doing as realtors who are also podcast hosts, you're developing abilities in interviewing, public speaking. So the more we can take, let's call it our talent stack. So right now, originally, I'm an accountant. Then I say, I'm going to learn how to write, whether that's fiction or nonfiction. I'm going to add in that learning social media. Then I'm going to add into that public speaking. When you combine those, all of a sudden I'm an accountant who can do this, this, and this. So now, when you have the intersection of all of that, it's hard to become the top 1% in accounting. It's hard to become the top 1% in any of those areas. But when you combine them all together,
2: you're a unicorn.
3: You're a unicorn. And so, how many other realtors? have a very popular podcast in their home demographic. Like the amount of traffic- None none that we'll mention. That you'll (laughs) mention, no. Especially not in Vancouver. (laughs) So when you look at that, like the amount of traffic and people that that must generate, like I have worked with a bunch of people from your show. Kyle Green is phenomenal and has helped me on my last six mortgages. I met him from your show. So when when you look at that, that is what I call building rare skills. So build rare skills that can feed into your side hustle, which takes your investment in learning and do that by waking up at 5 (laughs) (laughs) a.m. Sounds easy. (laughs) Setting the alarm right now.
2: So much of what we've talked about are concrete things people can put into action, right? But I want to get like a, even more concrete here. So we're talking off air. And so when you're on the show in March, you said you had like 20,000 followers on Twitter, right? I remember when you you tweeted something about our show and this was sometime in the fall, I think. And Adam was like, oh my God, Clint has like 160,000 followers on Twitter. Yeah, thanks which was for like that, by the way. Mind-blowing. <laughs> uh, and now you have over 200,000 followers on Twitter. And you've already mentioned you know, that you've taken courses, you've already mentioned that you set goals in terms of like having a, a following, but maybe as like uh drill down in terms of like a really concrete plan, can you talk about how you develop this plan as an example of like setting goals and following through and how you find the time, the energy, the motivation with Twitter specifically? Because one thing is like, you know, I follow, and Adam's not on Twitter as much as I am, but I'll follow people that say, like, you know, just it's like reactive, right? Like they read an interesting article, they'll fire off something stupid, and then, you know, get in a fight or something on there. Your content is very uh the the amount of energy that you put into it is clear. And I think people are are drawn to it for that reason, right? Like it's very thoughtful content. But when I read it, I think, oh man, like this takes a lot, like this guy also has a family and a full-time job and everything else. So can you just talk about Yeah, how you develop that plan and and the follow-through?
3: Yeah, there's three or four things that feed into it that that will tie into the overall conversation we're having that I think will be really relevant for the listeners and for you guys. So the first one is, earlier when we said, hey, what are you going to do when you pivot? I named six or seven things. When I created my five-year, 10-year roadmap, one of the things I did was for each of those areas, I said, where are you today? And, and this is the whole concept of I always boil it down to know what you want, understand what it takes, do the work day in, day out. So I took each category. Let's take the podcast. And I said, I want to have like a top 1% podcast. You guys did great on your Spotify results, by the way. I like uh-huh. those. It was inspiring. So the, I looked at it and said, where do I want to be? What will it take to get there? And what are the skill sets that I have or don't have that I need to. Pick up, or that I don't have. What's the skill gap? What do I need to acquire? And every category, had social media brand as something that I needed to be successful in that area. And so I said, "Oh, I need a social media following that will allow me to be a successful podcast, a successful writer, a successful public speaker, coach, consultant, etc." Every every single category. And so I got started on Twitter a year and a half ago, and started getting serious in August 2021. And I I said, I'm going to write every day for a year and see what happens. I crossed in December 10,000, January 1st, 10,000. Started the new year. It was going well. I was probably at 20 when I was on the show with you guys. And I realized all of the big accounts were writing what are called threads. And a thread is a series of tweets linked together. So I said, I need to learn that. And so I took another course on how to write threads or how to write longer form content. And what I did was I said, I'm going to, you guys already know from earlier in the conversation, I love streaks. I wrote a thread every day for about 75 days. And so taught myself how to write threads To the point where it's easier for me now to write a thread than a tweet, because I'm just in that mindset of thread writing. And then a couple things that are in there. So let's boil down. Jim Collins talks about a concept called a flywheel. And the flywheel, I think, is one of the biggest things we all need to think about. The idea being when you first start pushing on this giant flywheel, it doesn't move. And the amount of effort is huge. But once it starts spinning, it starts developing its own momentum. And so when I looked at it to your why, I said, if I grow on Twitter, the guests that I get on the podcast, I'll be able to reach out to more influential guests because I'll be able to say like I'm going to promote it to more than just my mom and my cousin in Winnipeg. So then I grow better guest, not better, more influential. Now, I'm going to talk about them on Twitter. You're going to say, well, I want to read what you're writing. Twitter grows, podcast grows, Twitter grows, podcast grows. So they fuel each other. And once you get that flywheel built, the momentum takes care of itself. And that's proving to be accurate and proving to be true. So that's the flywheel. The second concept is as a kid growing up in mission, let's say with ADHD who never did well in school and lower middle class, I've always had a mindset of a third line winger. So it's how do you be successful? Well, I look at these other big accounts and I think of, I see like a lot of them like went to Stanford, went to Cornell. Like these are pretty darn bright, capable, educated, amazing stars. And I'm a third line winger. So how do I keep up with them? I outwork them. You may be smarter than me. You may be more capable at X or Y or Z, but I can control how hard I work and I will outwork them. I'm smart enough. I'm capable enough in the content and I'm willing to grind. That third line winger who shows up, they get in the corner, they get their nose dirty. They have a shoulder injury. They don't tell the coach. What do you think happens if you tell the coach? You're in the press box and you might never come out. So you just play through the pain, get the job done, smile at the coach, sit on the bench, go back out night after night. So that's been my approach. The mentality is to just grind, grind, grind. And somewhere in there, you get a couple big goals. And so we had a couple threads that went very viral. There was one on Microsoft Excel that had 27 million views. Oh, And so that one, we picked up 28,000 followers in a weekend. So it was pretty insane. And from that, you just start learning what to write and how to write. And the other thing you do, Tiago Forte in his book, Build Your Second Brain, talks about a concept called information packets. And we already talked about the concept of starting small. But the idea of information packets is when you think about threads, like the one I just wrote, it was, I think I said 11 habits, but there were 12. So there's 12 habits. Adopt these 12 habits. You'll be unrecognizable in six months. Well, I've been writing for over a year now. So most of the habits that I talked about there, I've talked about before. And each individual one is an information packet. So if I'm going to talk about, Adam, you should read more. Well, hey, I've wrote that piece on reading eight times. So I just go in my search box and I type read from I am Clint Murphy and it pulls up the last time I wrote about that. So I look at it and say, oh yeah, that's one of the habits I want them to adopt. Let's tighten up the wording because I'm a better writer now than I was then. Mm -hmm. Let's put that back into the thread, which brings up the idea of repurposing. Because if we're growing by 25,000 followers a month and we're shedding followers, because it's not straight addition, you're losing some as well. Every three or four months, you have a new audience. And so that thread that you wrote, three months ago, you pull it back out of the drawer. The bigger you get, the gap between pulling it out of the drawer has to get longer because now it takes a longer period of time before you have a new audience. So now my gap might be five months, which means in in December or January of 2024, don't be surprised to see <laughs> <laughs> if you adopt these six habits... In June of 2024, you'll be a different person right. because the same things apply. The same timeline applies. And that's why you see between December 25th and January 1st, almost every major account throws, hey, here, were my, here was my best writing of the year. We all throw out our ESPN highlights. Here were the best threads people I follow wrote. Here are the best accounts to follow that i found this year. And those things get gobbled up. So you do your best of. So if, you, if I look at December, I was on pace for it to be my worst growth month since I talked to you guys last. I was on a three-week break. So instead of writing three threads a week, I was able to write one almost every day. And I was able to take advantage of the new year's coming, new year, new you. Here's what you should do to achieve your goals. Here's the best of that, 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 And it ended up being a great month for picking up, picking up new follows. So you're able to repurpose content. You build your flywheel. You approach it like a third line grinder and you just get out, you do your job, you show up and you put in the reps. And for a period of time, I, I definitely was to your point tired with my wife retiring and taking a lot of stuff off my plate. That's helped. And then the other thing we've done is we've started to build systems. Most of what I did in 2022 was flying by the seat of my pants. like Get home, have time with the family, put the boys to bed, and then be like, oh, I have to write something for tomorrow before I press publish. And just pulling out the laptop and going... Now we're building systems. We're building what I call a content engine where we're going and researching what are the most common questions Matt Scalina asks about financial independence. We're getting a list of them and we're saying, okay, this week on Thursday, we're going to write about that. We're going to, to Buzz Sumo and saying what content went viral on YouTube, viral on Instagram. We're going to bring that to Twitter. Mm -hmm. And so we're being more systematic about it and saying, Tuesday, we're going to write about this, Thursday, this, Saturday, this. Can write it all on the weekend and then have it ready to go during the week and just press the publish button. So the more systematic we can be, the better we'll perform and the less stressful it'll be. Mm-hmm. And so that's everything my wife's doing is basically doing a lot, of, a lot of the legwork for me to help me. And she's taking courses on how to have those content operating systems and how to build that. So it will be, I think 2023 will be, will be epic from that regard. Wow. So no time for pickleball.
1: In her retirement,
3: (laughs) I still haven't played.
1: Have you guys guys played?
3: Actually, I have. I have have (laughs) once,
2: and it was. I play tennis as well, and it was. It was pretty fun. Ah, yeah. I I I don't think I'd admit that to everyone, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't say it on. I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say it publicly. (laughs) oh that's
1: amazing. Well, Clint, we have this segment called the Five Wire five lighthearted questions that we end every episode with.
2: Also, Um, before we do that, I just want to say in prepping for you coming on, we came up with some questions and like we literally only got (laughs) through like three of the 12. Would you come back sooner than later and we can can go through the rest? It's an incredible hour and I'm sure uh, the VREP
1: community is going to get a a lot from
3: out of that for sure. Yeah, I, I love talking to you guys and I'm definitely up for that. One of the challenges... I know that I have is I I give really long answers and I hope that they cross off multiple of the questions in one and and that's just something I've found myself doing over time. I I
1: can tell you there's a there's a reason that you're being so influential on Twitter and and uh, all you got to do is talk to you for a minute. And, yeah. Uh, and oh, thank you. You've hit that that Venn diagram uh, perfectly. I think so. Thanks again for being on the Five Wire is brought to you by Scalina Real Estate. Hey. That sounds familiar. Scalina Real Estate is a full-service real estate company serving Vancouver, offering comprehensive, tried and tested buyer and seller
2: systems. With over a decade in the top 10% of realtors in the Lower Mainland and a perfect five-star Google review, Scalina Real Estate can help with all your real estate needs. We
1: also have an extensive network of the best industry professionals and trades right
2: across the country. There's no reason to not get in touch. Head over to scalinarealestate.com to find out more. Uh five wire, Matt. Okay, well, you've cited numerous books, you know this one, but you're you're an avid reader, Clint, we yeah. know that. One standout book you've read recently. The one book everybody should be looking for.
3: I'm having this person on my podcast tomorrow, and it's Brad Stolberg. And so I am pulling up his book to get the exact right title. And it is the practice of groundedness. So Brad is Steve Magnus's partner. Yeah. We talked earlier off air about do hard things. And so when you, when you look at that combo of approach to life, doing hard things, and also recognizing that people like us who are driven to do hard things, sometimes there's downsides to that. Sure. And so what is this practice of groundedness? to bring it back to a healthy pursuit. So I would say that book, I I emailed him or messaged him in the DMs in advance of coming on and said, wow, loved your book. Can't wait to talk to you about it. Fantastic. Best Christmas gift. So the best Christmas gift, I would be a horrible dad if it was one for me, would be the things that your kids get. And my wife's really good about not telling me what Santa got them. And so... uh, seeing them open up their Christmas presents is pretty cool. And they, the little guy got a pair of the low top Jordans, the, uh, tar heels color. Oh, nice. So those like, he looked pretty fly. He got his full Nike joggers <laughs> hoodie, and they both got basketball jerseys. One of them got Steph Curry. One of them got John Morant. And so like, Seeing the two of them in a photo with all their gear on, they looked pretty cool.
2: Right on. Great one. Okay, we know you don't have a lot of time for this, but you do reward yourself with Netflix. What have you been binge watching lately or favorite movie? Oh, you guys.
3: I have binge watched so much television over the last few months because I have it in, as background noise while I read. That's bizarre, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's it's maybe not the right habit to have, but I do it. Uh, what's the best one? White Lotus has been a lot of oh, fun. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't I, like uh, the ending about to season early. two, but it it was fun. I yeah. might start tonight. Oh, after yeah, eight it, it it's enjoyable. Is season one or season two? Season one was better, oh. but they're both. Was it? I don't you know. know. What? I've only seen know. season one and
2: everybody's talking I actually, about season two. I actually, well, gotcha, I actually like season two. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. the Sicily, I feel like season two, season There's one no was phenomenal too. But yeah, that, and, and then uh, Christopher and, Montesanti, like the whole thing is. Yeah. Was...
3: Emily in Paris is pretty fun too. I mean, usually I'm watching that while my wife is watching it. I'm just in Paris, the room. But, uh, I've never heard of that Yeah. Oh. oh, as a family, check it out. It's a good one. Emily in Paris.
1: All right. All right. Favorite band or music?
3: Oh, I, I almost can't say this. The insane um, <laughs> clown. No, no, no. It's just cause he's, uh, gone off the deep end. And yeah. Oh. Like, so me and my son, when we get in the car, my, it, I probably even shouldn't say it's my youngest son, but like the 11 year olds, like dad, throw on Jesus walks. And so, it's like our anthem yeah. when we're going to hockey in the morning for a five thirty practice or six o'clock practice, and and uh, so we play Jesus walks every time we get in the car together. And so it's either Jesus walks or it's shallow with Lady Gaga. Like, oh yeah, that song is fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Kanye and Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's so true. I have a tough time. We were uh, our family, father and mother included, big <laughs> Kanye fans. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, he, but it, he
3: needs help. But
2: it, I've, I have a tough time listening to Kanye now, and it's so it's unfortunate because it's at F forty five, which we go to all the time here. They play like, tons of Kanye, and yeah. it's always like, oh yeah, but it's yeah, something. It some,
1: yeah, that's yeah.
2: I same know. thing happened with Ryan Adams, who we used to like. Where I'm like, I don't oh. even listen to that guy anymore for some reason. It's something.
3: Summer of '69, one of the best songs ever made. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But canceled nonetheless. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, true. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know what
3: it is. Know. Well, it's like uh, my favorite actor growing up was Mel Gibson. And, oh, yeah. And, you oh. know, Braveheart was my yeah, first oh, yeah. date with my wife, was that movie. You uh, can't go back and watch Braveheart. Yeah, and, and then, Braveheart like, what he's, and yeah. then he goes off, like, what is, well, I guess. Hate and inappropriate thought is everywhere in the world, and we just get exposed to it and, and it comes to light, but it's just crazy.
1: Yeah. Something you've purchased for under $1,500 recently that's had a positive impact on your life.
3: I'm going to say it's a toss up between one of our air fryers and my wife said if she got asked that question so i'm i'm going to give her answer it's the it, it's simple pieces of paper that you use to wrap up your cheese so it's like oh. cheese it's cheese paper
1: is it like uh it's kind of like a waxy paper yeah. that yeah yeah so somebody bought us as a housewarming uh gift a few years ago this block of parmesan cheese <laughs> Which barely fits in a fridge, but it came in that paper. And then of course, Parmesan, you can work on it for like, you know, years, I guess. I don't even know if it ever expires. It might actually I'm,
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's usually it like does. a week. <laughs> it's a, a week, actually. No, <laughs> <the paper. laughs>
1: Still fantastic. I just I uh, just had it it's for blue. breakfast. It's blue, dude. Yeah. That's the best part. <laughs> it might be parmesan. It might be blue cheese. I don't know. So but, but the, it came in that paper, is my point. Yeah. And uh, so
3: she loves it. <laughs> and six six to eight years ago I got. I'm not sure. That, <laughs> not sure.
2: Anyways, delicious. Oh, it, it serves that. every night at our house. That's actually a, a cheap one. Yeah, and uh, so, those have so made their way into my house as well. And <laughs> I didn't even know what they were or where they came from. But yeah. Uh, I guess. yeah. It's better than the Ziploc bag. Totally. Ooh. I, I got to end
1: just, just before we let you go. You have multiple air fryers.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so that, And I knew you'd pick up on that. So she, I think we might have three (laughs) and, but she might've sold one of the three and like she, for the boys air fries, everything. And then what she realized is like, if I'm trying to air fry them both breakfast or lunch, one air fryer isn't big enough to like cover the two of them. Yeah. So she like has the fries air frying in one and she's cooking the other like chicken nuggets for one of them and the other. Right. And the, the cool thing about an air fryer for, for the listeners is it's one of the first times that they cook for themselves. Cause like our oldest, he'll come into the kitchen at like 10 at night. It's open kitchen, living, dining. I'll be watching, uh, binging Netflix and he'll come in and cook up one of those little 500 cal pizzas and make himself a smoothie. And he, he got a ninja creamery, Oh. For uh, Christmas, like I've that was a weird, that was a weird gift. To, oh yeah, wow! He wants to make himself those uh, smoothie bowls. Man, I feel like <laughs> I don't know. Kids man. are getting way TikTok. Oh, is that
2: what ah. it is? I was gonna say they seem way more sophisticated and like my daughter's eleven. We she got a Fitbit for Christmas and she's obsessed with her sleep now. She's like, I think I gotta start going to bed <laughs> earlier. Yeah. Like she's obsessed <laughs> with the data in this way that I'm like, man, I I was. Pushing 40 before I cared about anything like that. But I
3: feel like they learn things at a way younger age than we did good and yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. Because like these social media channels, it's not all bad. Like my son starts talking to me about things about Putin that I have no idea about. I'm like, where the hell did yeah. you learn this? And right. he's like, well, uh, it's TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Russian propaganda yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> On TikTok. Yeah. I think some of it, yeah. <laughs> well, did you know Andrew Tate's a good guy, dad? <laughs> no, son, he's not. <laughs> Why do you think that? Well, he no. and his brother both said so. <laughs> oh, son.
2: <laughs> well, oh, Clint, uh, we, can't, we can't end without asking... Uh, Uh, Where can people find out more about what you're doing? You got the new stuff, the old
3: show, the social media. Yeah, the the best spot to find us is thegrowth.guide. I'll say thegrowth.guide. And you'll have access new website coming in February. And what you'll have access to there is all of our social media, the podcast, which is the pursuit of learning being rebranded as the growth guide. And in February, we launch our newsletter, which will also be the growth guide. And the whole concept of all of that is to help you be better, achieve more, become financially free. So I guess I wasn't kidding when I said those are two of my three favorite topics. So yeah. Yeah. And definitely
2: follow you on Twitter and you can subscribe, which we just did, to your growth guide, which is coming soon on your homepage on Twitter. So there you go. Yeah, you bet. Well, thanks again for taking the time. Oh, I
3: love it here, guys. Thanks for having me. So there
2: you have it, folks. Our discussion with Clint Murphy, host of the Pursuit of Learning podcast, which is soon to be the growth guide which it sounds like there's going to be a lot of changes. I've already signed up for for the Growth Guide newsletter. Exciting yeah. stuff.
1: You know, we had such a good time with Clint in studio. He stuck around a little bit longer afterwards. I had to leave. Had you to leave. had to leave, but we had a good conversation. And there were so many laughs In uh, while we were recording this. There's a few moments that we. there's probably some awkward edits for, for Braden, our producer. But anyways, it was awesome having him down here and always a good time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What What's the
2: one takeaway... For you,
1: well, I I love so. Okay, so I I learned of this idea of backcasting. I, I'm a big fan of uh, Peter Attia and backcasting from like a health perspective. So like he always talks about you know where you're going to be when you're 100 years old or whatever, and and working backwards to get it. I like it a lot as Clint is talking about it from the goal setting, right? Like right. to figure out exactly where you're going to be five years from now or 10 years from now, what you want, who you want to be, and then kind of backcast to what you have to do and distill it down to the things you have to do the today, right? And and everything you do in your day and let that kind of dictate because at the end of the day, for me, it's so much easier. I'm the type of person that if I wake up and I know I have to do these three things in a day, it's like the how do you eat an elephant, right? It's like one bite at a time. And that's that's for me. Like I, if, if all I know I have to do is like run for 30 minutes, eat clean and do whatever, I can get it done day to day and add just another day and it's not overwhelming. Right on,
2: yeah. I, for me, I think this idea of going to bed earlier. Yeah, I've done that for the last week. It hasn't actually translated to waking up earlier. I actually got ten hours of sleep last night. <laughs> Jeez. What's your? It's eye- all, almost. It's crazy. I've I've gotten more sleep since I talked to Clint. It's a, like my wife's not thinking I'm depressed. <laughs> really, <laughs> you're like a you're like a thirteen like, well, year old. Yeah, like you're it's 15. Like- Good night. <laughs> <laughs> and then instead of the 5 a.m. club, it's like 7.55. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to get my kid to school.
1: Well, I've been, because I was on uh, East Coast time and I just kept with East Coast time. And and we, we started putting the kids down at like <laughs> 4 in the afternoon. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna stick with that. I like took her out of daycare. Time for <laughs> bed. Her up early. Yeah, her yeah, bed. exactly. Uh, <laughs> we've had some great nights, but we're back on Vancouver time. That's the best part. <laughs> Just keeping the kids on on East Coast. Yeah. um Haven't seen them in a while. It's uh, nine. It's nine in New York here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, what's funny is we actually we're We've been going to bed super early, but I've been getting up at like five in the morning. I'm I'm reluctantly part of the five a.m. club <laughs> right now. It's crazy getting up at five a.m. But because like by by the time it hits noon, and this is we joke with Corey Wright about this, who's a five a.m. or It's yeah. more like like probably like a four a.m. or yeah. But by the time it hit, it's noon. You're like, is this day over yet? Yeah, this like, is I'm crazy. Done. I'm if done. you ever feel like you don't have a lot of time, just get up earlier because all of a sudden it's like you have too much time
2: yeah nothing good happens uh, after 8, 8, 8 p.m that's for sure yeah that used to be midnight that, <laughs> but what it's like i was thinking about this you can tell everybody's getting older or at least, Yeah, it's like nothing good PM? happens after 6:30 like uh, yeah right after dinner it's like
1: yeah <laughs> no kidding oh and then the other thing that uh is was a big takeaway was you two talking about white lotus i finally Oh.
2: Uh, Man, is that he, the, so? I think Clint was actually. I was trying to think of who this was, and I think it was Clint. I think he first said the season one, then said season two. Yeah, I am convinced season two was the masterpiece. Oh, I actually, I, I
1: agree so far. I've got, I've got the last episode to go still, which obviously everything, the tension. You're gonna, in the
2: moment where like he's built the tension so it's unreal.
1: Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, also, not, the best, the best opening song uh man hbo just always yeah trying to make that noise of flicking your tongue back and forth <laughs>
2: uh anyway uh, yeah it's, all uh, the art is that actual the question i had to is that actual artwork i don't know but don't have know. you noticed have you watched well i think yeah but it ties in with the uh yeah of course but it, i'm just wondering is that like yeah? No, anyway for another show. Let's leave it for another show. Uh, what else do we have before we cut for the day, Adam? We have Vancouver Real Estate Podcast.com. I don't want to put a timestamp on when this new site launches, but it's coming. In in likely in the next week. By the yeah. time we're we're talking to you next week, we'll probably have a new new website. Super useful stuff, way uh way better summaries easier to access it's super exciting stuff this is vancouverrealestatepodcast.com and so many photos of us
1: like almost to an embarrassing uh degree i like it yeah yeah it's there's a lot of photography on yeah. there yeah anyways it's yeah lots to lots to see lots to see We'd
2: love to hear your feedback. Yeah. Are there too many photos of us? <laughs> Happy to remove them. Yeah. We'll go from four to two. Yeah. But it is Vancouver real estate Podcast.com. This is our website where all things real estate related live, including the commercial real estate podcast, all the back catalog. We now have, we're pushing six, seven years of week in, week out. A lot of evergreen content about real estate and real estate investing and the city of Vancouver. We also have the Live Wire. This is our weekly mailer where we have pre-sale. Usually, we're, we're trending right now towards residential pre-sale projects, VIP access to many across the lower mainland, but we also have commercial projects that occasionally turn up there as well. Stats before anyone else. We also have, of course... Private client services. Because Matt,
1: if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor level information for free. It's available at your fingertips over at com slash PCS. Sign up for your own free account. And uh, also, Matt, this moment in the market, I got to say, PCS is going to do two things. It's gonna It's going to notify you when there's new listings, but you're also going to start to recognize when inventory starts increasing which is which is why I find it super useful, is you get notifications when there are new listings. Also, it's going to give you sold prices, so you're going to see what things are selling for in real time.
2: And days on market, it basically gives you all that information you need to make educated decisions.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you can do it for sub areas as well. So if you have a specific location you're interested in, we can do a map search and, and get you listings just from
2: that specific block even. Absolutely. If you want to talk about that, you can try me at 778-847-2854 or Matt at com,
1: Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at com.
2: We also got that Kokomo line, of course. Info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com.
1: Well, have a great week, guys. Good luck with the goal setting. And yeah, this is going to be a fantastic year.
2: 2023. It's, it's twenty twenty year.
1: It's here. Feeling good. Get used to it. You guys with Faces for Radio.
2: Subscribe today.